Psalm 15. This is a good little psalm that we've got tonight. A very short psalm, but a very simple psalm. Very practical. We don't have a whole lot in the way of the superscription of this psalm like we have in some of the ones we've looked at. We just know that this is a psalm of David. And it's, uh, it would be qualified uh, as one of those uh, psalms of, of praise, a hymn of praise uh, that possibly would have been recited in some type of worship service among God's people. Uh, but it's a short, uh, only five verses, uh, but it's very good practical uh, information uh, guidance on how we should live as God's children, as followers of God. So let's pray, and then we'll jump into it. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for these good words. I thank you for this reminder, dear Lord, of what you call us to, what really matters. It's the simple things, dear Lord. It's easy uh, sometimes for me as a pastor maybe to overcomplicate your word, or maybe sometimes when we read it, uh, God, maybe sometimes we get caught, caught up too much in stuff that... Uh, may be good, but it may help us miss the, the point. So help us not to miss the point, God, because uh, your word's pretty simple in how you desire for us to be and how you desire for us to interact and treat other people. So help us to, to get that from your word tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Lord, who can dwell in your tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? So the psalmist here is asking the question, God, who can dwell in your tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? Now, in the context, this is probably talking about a real, physical, literal place. It's probably talking about uh, the tent of meeting. This, was, this would have been probably before the temple would have been constructed and the people uh, would have been coming together to worship in some way, shape, or form at this time. And David is asking the question, God, who can dwell in your tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? That's a good question. Uh, it could be also pointing us toward uh, a heavenly picture here. Uh, who is going to dwell with the Lord, not just in an earthly sense, not just in a worshipful sense, in the presence of the Lord as we come together here tonight to worship, uh, but perhaps it's pointing us forward to uh, an eternal sense. Who is going to be able to dwell in the presence of the Lord for all of eternity? And then the question is answered in the verses to come. The one who lives honestly practices righteousness and acknowledges the truth in his heart. Now that's pretty good practical advice that God desires for us to live honestly. He desires for us to live righteously and he desires for us to uh, to acknowledge uh, the truth in his heart. That is, it's not about outward actions. It's not about going through the motions. It's that God desires for us to have a pure heart that is focused on him. And that's well, we see that all throughout the text, that that's always been God's desire. God always would rather have a pure heart uh, than anything else, than just going through some outward motions. And what God desires, who can dwell with the Lord? Who is going to be the one who can be in the Lord's presence? Who does the Lord desire to be there? The one who lives honestly and practices righteousness and acknowledges the truth in his heart. Who does not slander with his tongue, who does not harm his friend or discredit his neighbor. Wouldn't the world be such so much a better place if everybody just treated everybody with love and respect? That would make everything better. Our world would change in an instant if we just followed verses like these that we see time and time again in the Bible. What does God desire for us to do? 
Well, live right. Uh, don't, don't be deceitful. Don't lie. Just do the right thing. Live honestly. And don't slander with your tongue. And do not harm your friend or discredit your neighbor. If somebody is your friend, that should go without saying that you shouldn't do anything that's going to bring harm or going to, uh, to, to, to make them look bad or going to bring them down or going to point a negative light to them. That's just common sense. But how many times maybe do we have those who we call friends, but maybe we talk about them or maybe we say something about them to somebody else that's going to make them look bad, that's going to bring them down. And what God desires for us here that we see in the psalm is, look, that we, that we, that we do our friends right, that we don't slander our friends, that we don't try to bring our friends down or discredit his neighbor. I think it's nice that we, we have this idea of the neighbor in here. It reminded me of the story where the guy came to Jesus and he said, Look, uh, Jesus, who is my neighbor? When Jesus said, Look, you need to love your neighbor, he said, Who is my neighbor? And Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. Our neighbor is not just the person who lives the next door over from us, but our neighbor is anyone that we come in contact in that has a need that we can help. That is our neighbor. And boy, if our world just lived by that little verse alone, how much better would it be? If every time we started to say something bad about somebody, we thought for just a split second, and we said, you know what, I'm not going to say something that's going to make them look in a negative light, even if it may be true. Maybe somebody did some horrible thing, but that don't mean we got to go tell everybody about it. What if we just lived in a way you said, you know what, I'm not going to say anything that's going to make anybody else look bad. I'm not going to do anything that's going to throw my friend or my neighbors or anyone else under the bus. Instead, I am going to love people. Because let's be real, we don't want people talking about us. We don't want people running us down. And boy, if we just had the love that these verses are talking about, that's what God desires. That's what God is all about, for us to have a loving relationship with each other. That's it. God wants to have a loving relationship with us. He wants to, us to have a loving relationship with Him. And He wants that to overflow into our lives with each other and in the lives of all of those we come in contact with, all of our neighbors that we see. Verse 4, Who despises the one rejected by the Lord, but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps His word whatever the cost. That idea of despising those who uh, have been rejected by the Lord. I believe what the psalmist is trying to say here, and I may be wrong, but I believe what he's trying to say is we shouldn't be uh, proud and we shouldn't celebrate those who do evil. We shouldn't celebrate evil. We should love those who do good, but we should uh, reject those who do evil in a sense. Uh, uh, well, despise those. Maybe not reject. Maybe that's not a good word. But despise those. That is, uh, not be proud to associate with people. Not, not be accepting of evil, but be loving of those people. But uh, despise what they're doing. We love the sinner, but we despise the sin. But honor those who fear the Lord. And those who keep His word, whatever the cost. That's a, that's a, that's a good verse. Keeping our word, whatever the cost. Sometimes we may make an oath with someone or we may make an agreement with someone and it may be to our own hurt, as some translations would say. Sometimes uh, you, you make agreements or you make oaths and it ends up being uh, to your own hurt. That is, you've made, you've made that agreement and then you find out something else and it's going to cost you something. It's going to cause harm or a hard time on you, but you stick with it because you have made your word and you are a man or you are a woman of your word. 
Hadn't been too many weeks ago we were studying about in the book of Joshua, and you may remember this story uh, where the Gibeonites, they heard, the people of Gibeon heard about Joshua and the Israelites coming, and they saw and they had heard what they had uh, done to Ai and to the other cities around, and they said, hey, we're going to go and we're going to pretend like we're just, just dressing all these nasty clothes, and we're going to tell them, oh, we, we, we travel from a faraway land. And guess what? They went in and they deceived Joshua, and Joshua and them uh, made a treaty with them, the Bible said, and then they found out later that they had been deceived. And what did Joshua and them do? Well, they didn't do a whole lot because they said, we've already made a treaty with them. We've already given them our word. And sometimes we may enter into agreements or we may make oaths and it may eventually end up costing us later. But if we make an oath, if we make an agreement, if we swear to something, sometimes we may swear to something to our own hurt. But when we make a commitment, we need to stand by that commitment. And the psalmist here says the godly one is the one who stands by his word, who keeps his word, whatever the cost. And sometimes that's hard to do. But that's what God calls us to, is to keep our word. Verse 5, Who does not lend his money at interest or take a bribe against the innocent? The one who does these things will never be moved. Now, this verse 5, this is, uh, if you're familiar with some of the Old Testament, one of the things was that you were never supposed to uh, charge anybody interest when you loaned the money, at least among the Israelites. That is, we should never try to take advantage of our brothers and sisters in Christ. We should never try to benefit from their hard situation. If someone is needing to borrow money, if someone is needing to borrow something from you and you give it to them, it's probably because there is a need that they have. There is some need there, and we should never try to benefit from someone else hard times and that's what the word says here who does not lend his money at interest or take a bribe against the innocent and how much better would our world be if we just lived by these few simple things this is just five verses that are as simple as they can be that ultimately say just love people and treat them right don't throw anybody under the bus. If you make a promise to somebody, hey, they may stab you in the back. It may turn out to your own harm. But if you say something, stand by it. Love people. Don't take advantage of people. Boy, if we live by the simplicity of these verses and we lived a godly life like God called us to, boy, our world would be a better place. And this is what the church should be. This is what God's children should be. The church should be full of people with this heart because this is what God calls us to. This is what Jesus Christ himself preached while he was on this earth is to love people, to be there for people, to help take care of people, to help meet those needs when you can. And if we did that in the world as Christians, this world would be a better place. If we shared that love of Christ, if we shared that sacrifice that he, that he made and showed what love really was by His sacrifice on the cross and showed what love really was by us stepping in there and doing the right thing even if somebody else is doing the wrong thing to us, for us stepping in there and saying, I'm not going to talk down on somebody, but I'm going to love people and I'm going to treat people right and I'm going to treat people with respect. When David asked the question, God, who can dwell in your tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? The answer is simple. God wants us to love each other and treat each other right and not take advantage of each other. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and I thank you for these words, as simple as they may be, as short as they may be. They're good stuff, God. So I pray that you help us to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray that you help us not to run our friends down. Dear Lord, that should go without saying. But, but help us not to do that. Help us to think twice. Are we building people up or are we tearing people down? God, help us to be those that build people up. God, help us not to be those that tear people down, whether it be 
church members or co-workers or people we may come in contact with, God, let the Holy Spirit kind of tug on us. Let the Holy Spirit help us to think twice before we say things about people or say things to people, dear Lord. Help us to never uh, try, to, try to use other people as a stepping stone for our benefit, dear Lord. Help us never to, to trample on other people for our benefit when they're in their hard times, dear Lord, but to do what we can to help people if we can. God, maybe we're not always in a place or a position where we can, but when we can, dear Lord, let us, let us do what we can out of love to be there to, to follow your example, Lord Jesus, to sacrifice for people who need, dear Lord, to be men and women of our word and to be men and women that love one another so that when people see that, Lord Jesus, we can tell them about you. When they see that in us, we can point them to you and say, it's because of you that we have this desire to love, that we have this ability to love. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.